Thanks, Luke, for the opening. Um, in typical fashion, my messages won't be long, but uh, it's important to play to your strengths, I guess. Uh, hopefully the content's still here, though. 2 Timothy 2.15, that's where we're starting. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. <clears throat> From about the age of five, right up into my 20s, I recited that verse weekly as part of the opening flag ceremony for Awana Clubs. I started, as I say, at the age of five in the Sparks program and followed it all the way through until I myself became an Awana leader. My first leadership post was in the PALS group. That's uh, boys in grades three and four. And I was, it was there that I first got to know Chris Lee, who was my director. Little did I know that 20 years later, we'd be sharing a platform here at Guelph Faith Bible Assembly. AWANA is an acronym, and it's based off its key verse, Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. I don't know if I could forget this verse if I tried, as it's ingrained in me as John 3.16. I also know that if I reach for it in my messages many times, I know I've heard Chris quote it just as many times in his message. The point it makes is clear. Study the scriptures. Don't let your ignorance be a point of embarrassment. Be able to discern what is correct doctrine and what is false. That's the whole thrust of it. That's a message in itself. I'm going to keep going. A few months ago, I was online looking at my Facebook page, and a friend of mine had a post that was getting a lot of likes and remarks and support. I decided to add a comment, and the conversation afterwards pretty much dried up. The comment that was made was, If the Bible says money is the root of all evil, why are they always asking for it at church? I simply responded, Because the Bible doesn't say that. It's a misquote. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. No further comments after that just in case anybody's not sure of that. The passage is 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. While considering what I was going to speak on today, I came across some interesting articles on the internet about quotes that most people think today are from the Bible, but are in fact not. Some of them are funny, like uh, most Americans believe cleanliness is next to godliness and God helps those who help themselves are actually quotes from the scripture. So they display the ignorance of the general public, but um, some of the articles I came across also displayed the ignorance of the blogger. Uh, they were showing verses that were in fact in the Bible, but correcting it by showing what the NIV says. And as we all know, the NIV is one giant misquote. So um, today's churches are suffering. I'm not talking about the huge cathedrals we see on TV Sunday morning, where a snake oil salesman in custom tailored suit is telling you that God wants you to be rich, healthy, free of any hardships in this life, etc., that's show business, entertainment. 
it has about as much spiritual basis as the misquotes we just read. <clears throat> the real church will not be confused with a rock concert, a WWE event, or a Tony Robbins motivational seminar. There's simple truth in the message. I'm not saying that the church can't have a music program that's well done, where the musicians have rehearsed and played the music they set out to perform impeccably. It's important to remember who you're playing for, though, and the performance is not your time to shine. What we see on TV that has been perceived as church is the most damaging thing to our Christian faith today. You can't be part right in your understanding of the plan of salvation or what God wants for you. If your teachings are only partly heretical, you're still fully a heretic, plain and simple. For example, Joyce Meyer teaches that on the cross when Jesus was talking to the thief asking for forgiveness, the comma is put in the wrong place. He wasn't promising the thief that he would be with him today in paradise, but rather he was telling him today that he would be in paradise with him at some point after he first had spent some time in hell. Here's another incredibly misinformed and, and downright evil quote from her. All I was ever taught to say was, I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I'm not poor, I believe that. I'm not miserable, and I'm not a sinner. That is a lie from the pit of hell. This is what I were, and if I still was, then Jesus died in vain. I'm, not, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I didn't stop sinning until I finally got it through my thick head that I wasn't a sinner anymore. And the religious world thinks that's heresy, and they want to hang you for it. But the Bible says I'm righteous, and I can't be righteous and be a sinner at the same time. There's a heretic right there. Then there's Joel Osteen, Oral Roberts, Peter Popoff, Billy Graham, John Hagee, and I'm pretty sure you'd get more sound theology from Benny Hill than you would from Benny Hinn. No wonder our faith gets so easily picked apart. So-called experts get on TV, misquote and misrepresent the scriptures, then the supposed Christian expert that's there to offer rebuttal doesn't have the swiftness of thought or the depth of knowledge to call the opponent on the misquote. The examples of Christianity we see on TV are an embarrassment to those of genuine faith. And sadly, many in our modern-day churches tune into these heretics and think they're being fed. Well, you are. You're being fed lies. I'm sorry if you funded one of these ministries because you funded the enemy. How do you know I'm telling you what uh, what I'm telling you is correct? Well, if you don't read the Bible for yourself, you don't. And attending church, even a very sound one, every Sunday without feeding in between won't change that. There's the problem. My personal opinion is that those that don't read the Bible on a regular basis are also more likely to skip church for the flimsiest of reasons on a regular basis. So the combination of those two factors just results in a downward spiral and a backslidden state. I've heard it said before that you can't expect to be physically healthy uh, if you only ate once a week. So why would you expect your spiritual life to be any different? If you don't read and study for yourself, I could tell you anything I want from this platform and use scripture out of context to make my point, and you wouldn't have the knowledge from which you could properly correct. 
and that's how all the TV evangelists get away with what they're doing. They tell you God wants you to be rich. It's gospel prosperity. Name it and claim it. Proverbs 23, verses 4 and 5 say, Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Mark 10:25. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And if God's willing for none of us to perish, but all to come to repentance, why would he want us to be rich? That just makes it harder. Christianity is great, but for, for Christians, there are other ways to get to heaven. That's another lie you hear some of them say. John 14, verses 5 and 6. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The other lie we hear, life in Christ is easy. You will prosper, you'll be loved, you'll be happy all the time on this earth because of your faith. People will be drawn to you. John chapter 15, verses 18 to 27. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, that they hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So think about that passage. The word hate is thrown in there quite a bit. That's a very strong word, and it's not used lightly. So if that's the case... What's that say about the testimony of these TV evangelists that are universally loved and featured on talk shows, magazine covers, and the like? There's only one way to combat all of this. Study. You can't let anybody, no matter how sound in the scripture they seem to be, tell you what's what. You must read, understand it for yourselves, and be able to say with some degree of authority that yes, that's correct, or sorry, brother or sister, but you're wrong about that. No substitutions, no shortcuts, no point at which you graduate from this to no longer require further education in the subject. For the believer, study is ongoing until you're called home. It's hard work. When I uh, taught guitar lessons many years ago, I often had students complain about how hard it was to see any improvement. 
I always told them if it was easy, everyone would do it, and I'd be unemployed. Second Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly finished unto all good works. Furnished, sorry. The scripture verse that we read tells us a lot of things. First of all, this scripture contains all the information you need to be, uh, the scriptures contain, sorry, all the information you need to be saved. Okay? Of course, you have to read and study to see that. Second, if a minister tries to give you a more accurate translation or scripture uh, verse needs to be corrected, uh, tune the rest out. Whatever he says next is false. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. If you think you have better ideas, I don't care. Next, the verse tells us how scriptures benefit us. From them we learn our doctrine. We learn reproof, which is a word that means criticism of a fault. So, where we've gone wrong. How to correct it, and how to be more righteous. It also tells us what our end goal is. I know that there are those out there that say we shouldn't pay so much attention to the Old Testament because it doesn't apply to us. Well, that's false. We just finished reading that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we definitely benefit from reading from it. As it turns out, there's a lot in the Psalms and the Proverbs that they say about study. We'll do a couple from Psalm 119. Uh, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Psalm 119.11 Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Psalm 119.18 Open thou mine eyes, that I might... Behold the wondrous things out of thy law. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. These verses mesh wonderfully with the passage we read in 2 Timothy 3 by showing us that there's a benefit to studying the scriptures. It covers the reproof, correction, and instruction and righteousness aspects of that passage. And then 1 Peter chapter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. This is the doctrine that's profitable to us. We have to be ready to defend at a moment's notice. The only way to do that is through personal study. Finally, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, 
in that they receive the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. This verse is talking about the Berean saints. The reason they were held in such high regard in this verse is because of their study habits. They were ready to hear what the person addressing them had to say. And they took that information and they cross-referenced it against the scriptures to see if their doctrine was in fact true or false. Do we do this when we hear someone speak from the platform today? Feel free to cross-reference and call me on it, for sure. On the radio, on TV, internet, or a book? Or do we just take the word of the person's uh, statements as just gospel itself without checking ourselves? There's a very important word in this verse that can easily slip through the cracks if you let it. Daily. This was something that they did every day. They searched the scriptures. They were relentless in their pursuit for truth. And it's an example for all of us. Okay, well, I'm done. If you think the message is short, maybe, but that's okay. My job when I get up here is to give some food for thought for you in the light of scripture. What happens next is on you. Check what I've said. If I say something that's wrong, please correct me. I'm not perfect. I'm not Joyce Meyer, I guess. It's up to you now to go and study so that you know not only if what I said is right or wrong, but why it's right or wrong. If you incorporate this practice into your life, there is benefit, and you will be a more effective servant for God to employ. Study, study, study. We need to combat the spiritual ignorance of this world. And in order to do that, we all need to be knowledgeable in what God's word says. And that's all I have to say. I guess we're going to uh, close with a hymn.